Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. What would your dream rent-to-own program look like? Picture it now. Would it have cutting-edge technology with integrations throughout the shed industry? Or would it include traditional financing and multiple same-as-cash offerings? Perhaps your ideal rent-to-own program puts money back in your pocket. Perhaps it has a unique way to onboard and train your dealer network. Wherever your mind goes and whatever your dream consists of, Newfound Rentals can help you. Give us a call today at 316-536-0472 and let's discuss your dream. Welcome back, Shed Geeks, to a new episode. We have Phil. I'm going to say his last name right. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and butcher it a couple times. Let me see if I got it right. Car sell away. Car That was close. Car Solari. That wasn't wasn't close. Don't tell him that. (laughs) Car away. I wrote it down and I still messed it up. Yeah, we went over that three times before we got started. (laughs) Don't let him fool you guys. Thank you for saying three times instead of the five or six we really did. So, Newfound Rentals. And, and and this is out of Wichita, Kansas? Yeah, so uh, my business partner is in Houston, Texas. So we have a Houston, Texas address, but all the support staff is with me in Wichita, Kansas, uh, where I was born and raised. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, is this not a rising tide lifts all yeah. boats moment right here? That's so cool. this is a whole lot of fun to have uh, our competition sitting here. Actually um, came and visited us. Yeah, in, per, in person studio, but we feel, man, like this is just letting the letting the guard down. There's no boxing gloves up, and we've just been sitting here talking for the last hour about shed stuff. Yep, like literally, it's uh, I, I think feels a shed geek. Yeah, for sure. I, I think maybe uh, I was a shed geek original or something like that because kind of what you guys are bringing forward is how I felt for a long time. So it's really cool what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you guys doing it for the industry. And I probably speak for a lot of shed people out there. Uh, this is a needed thing, and we're super grateful for it, and are excited to see kind of how it progresses and evolves. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you. Thank well, you. We're, we're excited that. even watching it unfold as... Bill is the OG, the OG, geek, but he has <laughs> the OG, the OG SG. Or not? <laughs> he has he has his his same hair though. That's the problem. You got to shave your head. Uh, you Bill. do have the beard, but you know, we, yeah. we, we're gonna I'm gonna to... hold on to my hair for as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what happened to me. I don't and, trust you. And then it all fell me. out. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so your partner is in is in Houston, but I mean, you've been around the rental world for a while. You've been around the shed world for a while because you've. I mean, I, I guarantee you there's a whole lot of our audience that's that's seen Phil show up on their shed lot. Yeah. Uh, what's that life feel like, man? We feel like we identify with you. Like you're you're welcome here. Yeah, it's it's nice kind of being around guys that have done that same thing because uh, th- there's not probably too many people in the country that can kind of relate to that. So it, it's cool bouncing off stories with you guys. But, um, you know, it's been a good journey. I've been in the shed industry for 10 or 11 years. Um, I started out with another rent-to-own company uh, that they were in growth mode kind of when they brought me on and I had really good bosses there and I'm really grateful for everything that they kind of taught me and molded me into. Um, always knew I wanted to be more than just a sales guy at an organization. So started my own business, um, six or seven years ago with my business partner, Ryan, and kind of transitioning from sales rep to business owner came with a lot of challenges, uh, and a lot of curves, but it's been a fun journey and I really like it. Um, I've spent a lot of time out on the road, lots of miles on my Jeep compass, uh, <laughs> lots of miles in the air. Oh yeah. And I, I was thinking on my drive here yesterday that I bet I've stepped on to 3,000, 3,500 shed lots kind of across America over the last 10 or 11 years. And to this day, it's just as fun walking up to the doors, what it was 10 or 11 years ago. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's what I really like about even the off air stuff that we were talking about was was really how excited you are to still be doing what you're doing, and we really feel like that's the way the industry welcomed us. Uh, whenever we got in, it was like this huge learning curve, 
and then everybody was just friendly, like what we experienced. I mean, I, I know that there's some of the, you know, let me hold some of my cards close, but for the most part, everybody was really transparent that we dealt with. And um, we made some bonehead moves along the way and had to learn. And, and that's the maturing process, really, through not just your job, but through, through this industry. And everyone has been so kind to just kind of like help pick us up and say, well, this is what I would do in that situation. And um, I mean, that led us to even being here today. And it's just, we're just in a cool moment. I I feel like we are just lucky and blessed enough to hit the industry at a time where you are seeing this kind of growth and this kind of maturity. And, you know, every now and then a light bulb goes off and you're like, hey, let's do a podcast and let's let's talk about what we're seeing in those 3,000 lots when you're out and about. Uh, you, You said something earlier. Uh, that's absolutely true. Like, what's the first question that somebody asks yeah. when you show them a shed lot? You I mean, anytime you show up to a shed manufacturer or a shed dealer, uh, the first question is always, you know, how's your day going? How are you doing? And the second question they ask 99 out of 100 times is, what are other people doing? What are you seeing? Uh, what's the market look like? Yep. Yep. So, you know, I've been doing that for 10 or 11 years, doing it not as efficient as you guys. I'm driving around the country doing it. And <laughs> now that you guys have brought it to a podcast and enabled this industry to kind of hear what other people are doing and how it's evolving, uh, and they can just call in or listen online, I think that's a pretty cool tool. Um, kind of yeah. jealous you guys thought of it before me. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I guess a broken clock's right twice a day. So right. uh, it, it's it's just that we caught it at the right time with the industry that's really welcomed it. And yeah, even got a cool compliment the other day that, you know, that really encouraged us and boosted us up from uh, from our friend Jason Graber, you know, at, at Shout Shit out Suite. to Jason. He said, uh, he said, you guys have a, seems like a pretty decent platform and you seem really unbiased. And we're like, man, we want to continue that. If we can march that forward, that's huge for us. That's probably the best compliment that we could receive because we, we do want to give back to the industry. Like, uh, I mean, I, I suppose we're still receiving from it, Yep. but I mean, we we're like you and what we were talking about. We, we want to give back because it's really been good to us. And, um, it's weird to geek out over something like this, like over a shed. Yeah, I mean, right. it, you know, my wife is kind of like, ugh, you know, here we go again, you know, like, but I can't help it. I mean, if, if we go over to to Kyle's and have like barbecue after work, it really doesn't stop. We still start talking about shed stuff and it's like, ah, what am I doing? But it's natural. We went to a ball game the other day and we're, we're, we're discussing shed stuff. We just can't help it. It's a, it's a, it's a weird addiction, I guess. Yeah, I can (laughs) totally relate. Uh, My business partner, Ryan is my best friend and my brother, uh, he works with us as well. And Shout out, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the three of us are together a lot, you know, doing non-shed things. And almost always we end up talking about shed stuff. Uh, so I can totally relate to that. But it's a fun industry. And I, I think one reason you guys have been so successful is your approach to the industry. Um, I think about kind of how I did it 10 or 11 years ago, and it, it's very similar to how you guys are doing it. You're, you're taking the approach of, hey, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I'm here to learn and to understand the industry. And when you take kind of a vulnerable approach like that, the industry is very welcoming yep. and, you know, they treat you well, they teach you things yep. and so on and so forth. So I've seen lots of kind of rent to own salespeople go out and pretend like they have all the answers and know the market. It's just not received real well from the industry. So your guys' approach, uh, much like my approach early on, I, I think is the best route. So I commend you guys for doing that. So funny, funny story about, about your brother. Yeah, is, please do share. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I was working for a, a rent-owned company, we have, we have these contacts, and I decided to send out a, a mass email basically to – just kind of introduce myself and, you know, say who I was working for. And your brother, I didn't know I sent the email to your brother. It was just kind of this, you know, introduction. And, uh, yeah, he messed with me pretty good for a while. He's like, so tell me a little bit about your company. (laughs) And I was telling him, and then we went back and forth a few times. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know that last name. (laughs) I think his final email to you, I might have helped craft. And it said something along the lines of, oh, I'm with Newfound Rentals. They're really such an amazing company. (laughs) I couldn't imagine ever leaving them. That's pretty good. It was fun. It was good. You said you do the last name. What was the last name again? I'm not saying it out loud. Oh, come on. I done made a fool of myself. Karsalawi. Dang it. (laughs) 
that's kind of close too. I go by Phil. Phil's good. You know? What's the what's yeah. the what's the origin of that? Like, where, where's to be name? honest, I don't know. Um, I should probably figure that out, right? With it being so unique, I don't know. You know, I'm 40 years old. I just done like the ancestry stuff recently, but it, it was kind of cool. If if you do it, it's, the hardest thing is. Uh, Again, you guys can relate to this, but I drive around the country and I have to book hotel rooms and I'm yeah. only doing it over the phone <laughs> and they need to know your first and last name. And it literally takes me 20 minutes to spell my name to the person on the other end of the phone for yep. them to get it and stuff. So if I spend as much time uh, working on a rent owned business as I do booking hotel rooms, we'd probably be a lot more successful. Carcelawi. Carcel. Dang it. What it's is it? Carcelari. Carcelari. I don't know why. Yeah, you that's it. Carcelari. I don't know why Kyle can't seem to get this. He got you it. Know? I'm proud of Car- you. Carcelari. Good job. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so, what do you think? We we were kind of discussing a little bit. Like you guys have done some really cool stuff for for Newfound. Uh, I'm stalking you. I'm watching like your Facebook feeds and stuff sure. like this. But you guys were doing like some. Uh, you know, a lot of companies do dealer days and things like that. But you guys have done like a, a workshop basically for some of your guys back, uh, I don't know, last, last year. But, um, I thought that was really cool. Where do you feel like the industry is in need of more things like that? And really, what was your focus? What was your intention when you, when you started that with your dealers? Yeah, sure. Um, so kind of newfound rentals as an organization is at a point to where, you know, we feel really grateful for what the industry's done for us. And we're looking for ways to just kind of give back and continue to evolve the industry. And, as I go around and I speak with dealers and sales reps and manufacturers, a real consistent trend is they're asking questions about, you know, what's the best way to sell or how do I generate leads or how can I get the most out of my team, right? So very business-oriented questions. And I have this idea of why don't we do regional workshops where Newfound Rentals spends a little bit of money, brings in some business consultants, um, some third parties that maybe can answer these questions really well. And so we did that. We did it in four different locations, tried to do it kind of regionally to make it convenient for people. And they just spoke on topics that uh, shed manufacturers and dealers and salespeople could relate to. And the goal was to come uh, become a better business person and then go home and implement some of those things into your business. So like I said, we did it four different locations, um, had pretty good turnout, had a lot of success. And I think it's something we want to continue to do going forward. So maybe next year we'll do two of them again, kind of strategically locate those. And the idea is that it will kind of evolve a little bit and some other companies will kind of piggyback onto us and make it kind of a bigger thing. Because I, I, I agree that, you know, as the whole industry gets better, it's better for all of us. So if we can get some buy-in from, from other people, it'll make it that much more successful. Maybe maybe the geeks can show up to one or two of those next. next yeah, year. we'd love it. You guys could uh, bring eight by tens, sharpies, give autographs. It'd be great. <laughs> we'll give. Well, well, the yeah, definitely they're going to need something to throw darts at, right? <laughs> yeah, In their yeah. office, so we'll get a picture of me and Kyle so that they can uh, they Our can do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I love the absolutely love the idea of the regional workshops. I feel like it's just so needed. Um, we always say on the show here that it's education. Through entertainment, we we try to be funny. I mean, with a face like Kyle's, you're going to laugh. But <laughs> in general, we just try to laugh and joke and cut up. And and there's a serious side of it that you can bring that education through. And there's a certain amount of that is common knowledge. There's a there's a common denominator that roots us all in whether it's selling rent on, uh, you know, selling a shed, how you're trying to sell something. So you make sure everybody has all the, the education that they, that they could possibly need instead of just going out and just getting a guy, you, you want to completely get a guy. You want him to understand the entire process. Right. right. And uh, that's one area that we felt like was lacking a lot. And we, we feel like that happens sometimes in the sales side too. Um, so yeah, we're definitely on board for some type of collaboration. And, and if that happens, um, you know, we've said it before, we're probably not the best guys to do it, but we're the ones that's probably just, uh, I don't know, there's a thin line between brave and, and ignorant. And, uh, we don't, we, Shannon, we cross Shannon crosses that ignorant line. <laughs> he, kind of, he dances around the line a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, uh, we're just, uh, willing to go out and do that and say, well, how do we help move the industry forward? It is maturing. The shed industry is really maturing in, in our eyes. And again, we're just catching it at the right time to have that happen. So long yeah. way to go. Long. Yeah. It's a exciting time to be in the shed industry. Uh, 
being in it for 10 or 11 years, I've always felt like, you know, can next year be better and sell more? And it's amazing that every year it's like that, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think the industry is probably about to see some consolidation, you know, whether it's big manufacturers or rent-owned companies or whatever it is. I do think there's going to be a lot of evolving in the next three to five years that will be a lot of fun to be part of. So, I agree. So, Phil, uh, yeah. for you to be in the industry for 10 to 11 years, you look like you're 32 years old. I thir- just turned 33. You're close. Man, Man. are you really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you hit it right out of school then. Right, right out of school, yeah. I went to Emporia State out of Kansas, um, and my last year there, I met a girl that's now my wife, and she was a sophomore. So my goal wasn't to stay in Emporia, Kansas, but I had to stay there for a few years to kind of let her graduate and do her thing. Um, and that's where I found a job in the shed industry for another rent-owned company. Wow. And then when she graduated, we moved to Wichita, and shortly after that, started my own thing. And uh, yeah, I started pretty young, I guess, but... I don't think it has to do with the age, more or less the amount of miles I traveled during <laughs> yeah. that. We talked about this earlier, but kind of taking that strategy to the industry when you're driving 2,000, 4,000 miles a month and seeing a lot of people, it ramps up your learning curve pretty quick. You can learn uh-huh. a lot in 12 months doing it that way, opposed to doing it other ways. It might take, you know, three to five years or something. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of folks out there that even might be our listeners today that have made me so much better at my job or just so much yep. better at my craft um, because if I would go knock on the door and, and just want to talk to him about sheds, I mean, it's really fun now because I have all these avenues, right? Like I, I'll go in and talk about, you know, the podcast or a lot of times we can just, uh, hit, hit it off and a good relationship exists. And we start talking about future opportunities for the podcast. I mean, we've got all these other entities that we're in and we're seeing that maturity grow and man, I can't, I can't agree with you more on the, the next three to five years is going to be really cool to see, um, always compare it to like the baseball card market. I know that's a weird thing to do, but I grew up as a baseball junkie um, and I'd collect cards and it seemed like there was so many cards out there available. Shannon's um, the old guy in this room, by the way. I am. I, I'm definitely the senior. Yeah, what's a, what's and, a baseball card? <laughs> Back in the day. What is, base, what is baseball? Nobody even knows anymore. We used it's, to collect baseball cards. <laughs> Got the bubble gum in the... I did get the bubble gum. Little 33-cent packs. Uh, those That's are the terrible. best ones probably, right? Yeah. So, But they, they, were, they were so available. So if you liked your favorite player, I mean, they were just available everywhere. And, and then it, it's sort of like... Uh, I was just reading. I'm still a little bit of a baseball card geek, too. They... They, uh, on one of the exchange pages, the Facebook page I saw where tops is like getting bought out and all this. And yeah, I'm a nerd, but it's, it seemed like whenever they shorted the supply and, and the, the change the supply and demand model so that you didn't have so many manufacturers making these cards, they became more valuable. And I sort of see that with like the shed salespeople. The people uh, in rent the people in building, wh- whatever business you're in, you could get outside of the shed industry and you could take that to any uh, established business and probably create the same model is those who are more dedicated to their craft and those who are, you know, willing to, to build together. Um, you do the cream sort of rises to the, the top, so to speak. Um, so you're, you're attempting at trying to be better at your, your trade. If you don't, you kind of get left behind sometimes, right? Like I, I don't want to speak for others, but I, I'll speak for myself confidently. It happened to us multiple times. It's happened to me specifically <laughs> so many times. Kyle's like, here, do this. I'm like, nah, I don't want to. It means I got to learn. It means I got to grow. I got to change. Right. You know, Hard and work. only to find out that, you know, that way's better. And I just go kick it and screaming the yeah. whole time. But I finally get there. The cream, I mean, will definitely rise to the top. And, you know, you talked a little bit about having people in the industry that help you learn and that you can sit down with and bounce ideas off of. And I think back of our first year or two in business at Newfound Rentals, um, we we had a guy that I'm really good friends with. His name's David Miller, Apex Buildings in Irvington, Kentucky. And him and I are about the same age, and we were kind of going through what's our identity in the shed industry and what's that look like as we kind of get older and mold our careers. And uh, he was a guy I could call and bounce stuff off of. I mean, he knew the manufacturing side. I knew the rent-to-own side. Uh, We both were kind of learning how to establish dealers and making the dealers a lot better. And to this day, it's not uncommon for us to call and talk for 45 minutes, an hour, and just kind of see how things are going. So I think having those relationships is really important. And for any listeners that maybe don't have those relationships, 
reach out for them and, and be pro- proactive because it's a pretty friendly industry. And um, nine times out of 10, somebody's probably already gone through it and learned from it. And it's probably a lot easier to just hear it from them than to go through it personally. So uh, I, I definitely encourage those relationships you were talking about. Yeah. What, what, what I appreciated the most about you was, um, so you, people that are listening, Newfound Rentals has been a sponsor for the shed or for the shed geek podcast. Yeah. And, um, you called us and you know, you wanted to talk to us about it and you were like, <laughs> and, and this is what I love because it's transparency. It's yeah. You're like, it's let's, realness. let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room. You guys work for a rent company, you know, we're with a rent company, uh, how 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 am I gonna? Yeah, how does, it, how does this look? How does <laughs> yeah. this play out? Right, and, and then like, we promptly hung up on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was just it was a real moment, and I mean, we just told you, like, we're not trying to, like, we're we're trying to be a voice for everybody in the in the industry. You know, we're not just trying to uh, make a name for ourselves in a way. We're trying to help promote and help uh, yeah. lift up everybody. Yeah. And uh, transparency is easy. Yeah. Like we, we, we said, like you might have said that whenever we were back here. By the way, guys, we were eating donuts today. You think I'm joking whenever I'm talking about all the donut talk yeah, about. I, th- I thought that was just kind of an easy talk track for you guys to dance around when He's you did the podcast. But always it's the real talking deal. about donuts, yeah. I'm telling you, listeners, there was three or four people in the break room. They brought two dozen donuts. <laughs> So it's a real thing. It is. Yeah, we're not joking when we when we talk about it. And when we say we brought donuts, Shannon is the one. Shannon. Shannon brings the donuts. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're the best. I'm going to give a shout out to people who have no idea who Red's Donuts are in Paducah. But if you're in Paducah, Kentucky, you need to stop by and get you some Red's Donuts. But yeah, anyway. Did they pay you to say that? They didn't. (laughs) He gets a free dozen donuts. (laughs) Oh, man. See, you're thinking this is why I need to be around more guys like Phil because I could be. Hey guys, I got a podcast. Can I get some free donuts? They'll, they'll laugh me right out of the, the place, I'm sure. But yeah. so we were talking about it and I lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Um, but we were talking over over donuts about um opportunities in business, ways to work together. Uh maybe not so much us, but whenever you called us and we had that conversation, transparency, the the easiness of being able to uh you don't have to keep up with all of your lies. That's what my mom would always tell me, right? Whenever you're just being honest sure. or transparent. And it's just, uh, it's it's worked out really well for us. I didn't feel like there was any kind of like, it, it wasn't threatening in any way whenever you talk to us and when we meet other shed people. And that's a fun feeling because uh, we have we have been able to see when we came in the other side of, of some of that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We like it. We like the transparent yeah. side. That's that's the route we're going. I like it too. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're all probably trying to make a living and have a little bit of fun. And yeah. it's a lot easier to have a little bit of fun if you get along with people and have good relationships with people. And, you know, I, I travel the country seeing these shed people. And if they don't work with me, they might ask what, you know, what do you think of this rent-owned company or so on and so forth. And I don't have much bad to say about any of them, really. Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's easier to kind of live that way. And then you had mentioned being proactive on that phone call and just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, 10 or 11 years ago, I may not have been so proactive about certain conversations because some conversations are hard, right? Mm -hmm. And they're a little awkward and they make you feel different. Um, But I've learned that they're probably thinking the same thing. Uh, They're probably going to want to address the same thing. You might as well throw it out there, be proactive, save everyone a lot of time and energy and, uh, yeah, just go from there. So I, I've learned that's a lot easier, you know? Yeah. You know how much. Hey, stop what you're doing and take a listen to today's High Barn sponsor. Dude, I had a nightmare last night. Facebook Marketplace went down. I couldn't sell anything. It was crazy. It's like the brick and mortar days? Dude, yes. Like, I had to wait for people to just come in. I couldn't. There wasn't anything I could do. When did you have this dream? Last night. I had a dream last night, too. Really? Imagine this. Metropolis, Illinois, 2021. My cousin Eddie comes running in through the door. He's like, we got a hot one on the line. I think they're looking for a 10 by 16 utility, but they can't find inventory anywhere. What'd you do? They don't know where to go. Well, luckily for me, I can go to shedsforsale.com. Go where? Shedsforsale.com. What is that? It's like a online marketplace where you can list all your inventory. Seriously? It's like... Facebook, basically, Facebook Marketplace. You just take pictures and post it on there. Dealers, manufacturers, all alike. 
They can look, they can just list their inventory on there. What's it called again? Sheds4Sale.com. 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 So, Sheds4Sale.com. Sheds4Sale.com. Awesome. A lot easier, you know? Yeah. You know how much a polar bear weighs? Enough to break the ice. Hi. Uh, after a Red's Donut, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you see, did you see this? Isn't this kind of cool? Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see this. Meet the Geeks. So, like, me and Kyle both brought this in. So, I don't know. Are you familiar with, like, Garage Shed Carport No, so I've just recently um, heard about that, and I think it's exciting because it seems like just another outlet uh, for us to get some voices out there and bring some consistency to the industry. So, no, I'm not familiar with that. We're we're lucky enough to get a – we put an article in there talking about the Shed Geeks. So, um, shout out to Garage Shed and Carport Builder, uh, Shieldwall Media, for throwing us in the – the meet the geeks. We want to do some other stuff. I mean, there's like, um, so there's like the, uh, what is it? The, the busy beaver plane community. There's some other things we want to like, we want to get some of that information out, but yeah. more than anything, what we want to do is welcome people to come see Phil at, at the shed expo at his booth. And we want them to, to come see the geeks. Yes. Uh, come introduce yourself. Cause don't be a stranger in this industry. I guess that's what we're promoting today is be, yeah transparent and come up and talk like there's nothing better than uh just continuing to build these relationships and establish them and move them forward yeah for sure uh you know we're excited to be up at the shed expo they didn't have it last year for obvious reasons so um i think the whole industry is kind of itching for that to be it's like the super bowl yeah it's it's pretty insane uh how big it is but we're you mentioned relationships and getting your name out there we're going to do a collaborative a collaborative thing with Shed Suite and Idea Room, where we're going to have a banquet room there. So if you're working the expo or walking around the expo and you want to take a break or your wife or kids need to relax or something, come up to our banquet room. We're going to have some drinks, some snacks. Uh, I'll have some people from my team up there, you know, keeping conversations going and things like that. So anytime you can collaborate like that, I think it's a good thing. And uh, I kind of echo what you're saying about partnering and getting things out there and kind of going that way. Yeah, we're excited. We're when we say we're shed geeks, we literally are. Like we're like I show this to my wife, and I'm like, this is a trade magazine. So, you know, I'm like, hey, look, and we're featured in this, and this is yeah, cool. It's cool, and it's for it's sure. a fun thing. I still get excited about moments like that. I know some some people may not, but I do because I'm I'm a little bit of a geek. Same, same. I showed I showed my daughter, and she said she's ten, and I showed her yesterday, and she goes. That's the picture you sent him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think that picture is the same picture we used to put like a canvas in our office. So I'm pretty sure that's a Google image. I'm not. No, there, there's an actual picture of us inside the magazine. Oh, of the Shed Geeks. Uh, yeah, okay. Of, of me and him standing next to each other. And it's it's a dorky picture, but it was trying to be a dorky picture because we're. Yeah. We're yeah, geeks, that's what right? you're going for. Yeah. 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 And uh, she's like, that's the picture you went with, huh? <laughs> Do you have just the one kid or? Yeah, just one. Yeah. She's she's enough. How does she handle kind of you and your wife too? How do they handle you kind of being on the road and living that lifestyle? Uh, that's a good question. Um, whenever whenever we I first started doing it a lot, uh, they they weren't necessarily too fond of it. But then I think... When I'm at home a lot, they're like, when are you going back out on the road? <laughs> so they get in this routine, I think, of me, you yeah. know, possibly being gone one or two nights a week maybe. And then um, it's 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 been really good. I mean, yeah. uh, I've, I've worked for other companies in the industry where uh, even if I'm gone two nights a week, I see my family more now than what I did when I worked in, you know, for a, for a manufacturer because right. I was there. 80 hours a week. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, and you probably when when you are home now, I'm home. you're embracing it a yeah. lot more, yeah. And uh so it's it's been it's been fun. Um and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade my job for anything right now. It's yeah. it's just uh you get to work, you get to Not go even out. a donut? <laughs> Not even a donut. You get to go out, you get to meet so many people, uh connect with people and then it just opens other doors for, you know, even the podcast and different things that we're doing. So, yeah, the whole traveling thing uh, can totally relate to what you're saying. And uh, I've got a great wife, so she's uh, fortunate enough to let me travel two or three or four weeks a month, whatever the business needs. Right. 
And I think part of the reason they kind of allow us to do that is they probably see the happiness that it brings us, right? Yep. So they might be willing to sacrifice a little bit of their time because they know that you and I are doing jobs that we like and we care about and we enjoy. And if you think about it, there's not a lot of people that work in a career that they actually enjoy and actually can't wait to go out on the road and talk to these people. So um, I, I think they probably see that when we're at home and they probably appreciate that just as much as we do. Yeah, it can be uh, it can be bittersweet, you know. So being the old guy in the room, I do have – I've got two, but mine are uh, 18 and 16. Okay. So at least, that you know, they're a little bit older now. They're a little bit more mature, and it's certainly a little different than um, that, you know, youth, youthful, like, when absence whenever you're gone, you know, that they like to see Dad every night. You know, just uh, the, the same things that families do, you know uh, – a hug before you go to yep. to bed or whatever. They don't get that. Sometimes it's FaceTime or whatever. So those things are, those are sacrifices that your whole family makes too. You yeah, and your family sure. makes too, you know, in this industry. And, and it's like you said, uh, they do see that it's genuine. Um, I think uh, my kids have even listened to a few of our podcasts and I think that's exciting just be, that they would be interested in what dad's doing enough right. to say, yeah, I want to listen to it because for the most part, I'm just full of, Dad jokes and boring lectures. That's all they yeah, get from dad me jokes at are this cool, point. So. Twenty twenty one. So that's fine. Yeah, dad jokes are cool. Uh, I think so too. I just don't think when you're eighteen and sixteen, you dig it yeah, too much. Yeah, I guess maybe there is like an age window there for the dad jokes. I don't know. I'm thirty three. I like them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my five year old is kind of getting old enough to where he's understanding it a little bit more. And you know, when he's three or four and he wants to know what daddy does for work, I just tell him that I buy sheds, right? Because yeah. a rent owned company buys the shed and then rents yeah. it to some customer. So. I've always just told him I buy sheds. So now he's old enough to understand, well, dad's gone, you know, one week a month. Why does dad have to buy the sheds in New York? Or why does he have to go to Arizona to buy sheds? And so now I'm kind of explaining that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves as he gets older and he kind of starts piecing everything together. So it's kind of fun. You know what the janitor said when he came out of the closet? Is this a dad joke? Supplies. Ah, I think I've heard that one before. I like that one. Sorry, you should we're get taking good, it to a new low. There goes all of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you should get a good dad donut joke. I'm challenging you to have one the next okay. podcast you do. Very well. I mean, it seems like that's a must. Challenge, like. challenge accepted. All right. You guys heard it here. Wait for it next episode. What's Beethoven's favorite fruit? I don't know. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. This is terrible. What are we doing? <laughs> this will be edited if out. If we didn't lose all the people on the last joke, we definitely, we definitely lost them. Right lost there. them <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the three people that are still listening, thank you. <laughs> that would be me, Shannon, and Phil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I absolutely love that you're so lighthearted. Uh, yeah, definitely family guy. I mean, you've talked so much about like your business partner and how important that is, and that's I think that's something that me and Kyle related to very early on um you were talking about being able to cover strengths and weaknesses i mean and i've always said that you're not always called to do everything you're certainly not called to do things better always than what other people are already called to do um any job that i was ever in i usually found myself being a supervisor at some point Uh, I i would just strive for opportunity i'd strive to want to do better one of the things that i noticed early on was that empowering people often rarely meant trying to show them your way of doing things. Um, I learned really early on that it was really important to let people be good at what they were good at. Uh, I had several people that I told on multiple occasions that worked for me, like, oh, no, you're way better at me than that. I I need to help promote you to move that forward Uh, because I was a big promoter of helping people. Now, I want to grow. I want to learn. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I I always want to do more. Uh, but we got in a pretty serious conversation about this and about how you and Ryan operate in that way and me and Kyle work in that way. And I try to never steal his thunder and, and, and I try to never be better at him than what he's good at. I just, he's good at what he's good at. I promote him and help him be good at that. And if I get to ride his coattails and learn along the way, that's really cool. Right. Um, yeah, it's a very kind of humble approach, right? I mean, us as humans, probably more so even as men, um, we like to think, our ego likes to think that, well, we have all the answers. We can do this. We don't need any help. I'll do it by myself. Yeah. But that, that's a very it. naive way yeah. to to operate, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Ryan, uh, we've been best friends for a long time. He was in my wedding. I was in his wedding. 
uh, funny story. We actually met working at a movie theater in Wichita, Kansas, uh, when we were, I think he was 15 and I was 14. And it was my second day at work, his first day, and it was my job to train him. <laughs> so you can imagine those weren't really long-lived uh, jobs. But uh, we met there, and we went through high school together, and then he went off to go to Texas A&M, and I went to a school in Kansas. And we kind of always knew we'd probably work together at some point. We didn't really know what that looked like. Um, and then we came together to start Newfound Rentals, and it's been a real blessing. I, I have a lot of respect for people that try to do it by themselves or are doing it by themselves. I've been fortunate enough to have the experience where I'm doing it with Ryan, and Ryan brings a skill set to the table that he's really, really good at, and I'm probably a little bit better at some things that maybe he struggles with. Yeah. So I think doing those things together ha- has helped us kind of succeed and, and grow maybe a little bit faster than some other businesses or something like that. And not just matching those skill sets, but him trusting me to make decisions and me trusting him to make decisions really helps us go a long way. So you hear, you know, dreadful stories of partnerships that don't go real well or the trust isn't there or whatever it might be. So knock on wood, I've been really fortunate. And I I would encourage people that are thinking about starting a business or ramping up their business to go find somebody that has a skill set that maybe you don't have. And like you said, embrace that skill set and be humble about it and know that you don't have all the answers and, and march forward with them. We see that in the industry quite often, uh, brothers working together, cousins working together, um, you know, just family working together or friends, whatever it is. And, um, it, it seems very common for us to go out and find like a, a, a group over here of like two guys mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Hey, this guy has this skill set. This guy has this skill set. And you, you start to learn the personalities and things like that. And it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's worked out really good for us and it's a really cool, fun uh, opportunity. You go in and you're like, well, who takes care of, I think back of like Mike and, uh, Arlen, mm-hmm. you know, at Liberty, you know, they were on the show and they were talking about, well, we kind of, this takes care of the operations. This guy takes care of sales and things like that. And I think some things just fold naturally to that and definitely want to encourage people to embrace those more. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they mean a lot whenever they work well. Yeah. I think who's done a really good job of that is Gideon Zook's boys. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe there's four or five of them. I don't know exactly how many there is, but I had reached out to David Zook to see if he wanted to speak at one of our regional conferences. And, you know, he was more than willing to, to speak, which I was really grateful for. And he asked what I wanted him to speak about. And I gave him a couple topics and he said, ah, you know, that's really not for me. My brother's probably better at that. I'm going to bring him with me. And then during their presentation, they spent time talking about hey, we all have these special skill sets. And as we've grown, we've kind of isolated ourselves. I'm like, this is what I do. I'm going to get really good and really efficient at this. You focus on these other areas. And if you look at all of their businesses, they've been very successful and that's worked for them. So I think it's a it's a good way to operate. I think of like Mots and PD. PD, we still got to get on the show. Any way you can help us out with that, write him a card. Yeah, I mean, I, something. I'll write him a card, maybe. Send him a, send him a gift card. Time up, put him in your Jeep. Hey, send him a gift card from a local restaurant that's only in Harrisburg, Illinois, so he has to come here to that's use good. it. There oh, you go. You man, I mean? see, this is why we need to hang around you, boy. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Hey, I'm curious. Did you guys notice, um, as you started traveling around seeing these manufacturers, one thing that's really eye-opening to me is I come from a world where my grandpa went and worked for some guy and retired, you know, very modestly, and then my dad went and worked for another guy and had, you know, modest retirement. And then it was my job to go work for somebody else. And when I went to these manufacturers and I see that it's a third generation business and your dad worked for 30, 40 years to hand this down to you, like to me, that style makes a lot of sense. And to me, that was very eye opening. Did you kind of feel the same way or? Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. I was- yeah. I, it's just. It's kind of a cool thing to start to see, you know, I mean, it's very biblical. The, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going extreme here versus what your question was, but I remember one of the most important messages I ever heard from our pastor was he was talking about a generation was raised that never knew about basically the struggles that Egypt had, you know, yeah. and um, I've always looked at that from like a family perspective. So we kind of touched on ancestry a little bit, but the reality is, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still curious at like my own, even my own moments of learning as a child growing up, my dad worked for a, a kitty litter plant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a uh, sixth grade, sixth grade education. 
um, I think he knew how to read and write, but then his, uh, there were 16 kids, I think, and he had to quit and chop firewood. My mom was the only girl out of nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to quit. So neither one of them graduated from high school. So like I was, you know, I graduated from high school and, and I, and I'm, I'm learning about life. And dad says, you know, if you'll get a high school diploma and you'll get, uh, work outwork everybody, you'll do better than anybody out right. there yeah, that, for his generation. That was probably true. Um, um, it's exciting when you go out and you see somebody who says, well, this business has been in our family for 40 years or 50 years or 60 years or whatever it is. I know the, the shed um, only goes back so far, you know, it maybe not be like a grocer or something like that, but it's still really cool to say, well, that's my grandpa. He started it. It's, it's almost always this is my dad started it, mm-hmm. and then the boys are kind of uh, doing the job now. But, but what I, what I love to see, even in that instance, is you know my dad started it, and now the sons are taking it over. But you see, it. you see their sons working in the in the, in shop, the shop too. You know, yeah. like I'm eight years old and putting <laughs> putting up walls and two by fours, and you're just like like the work ethic that I've seen in this industry is by far like yeah. the, the greatest work ethic. Yeah, That's I agree. Out there. It, I just, it's really neat to see kind of a generational business that gets passed down and, and really you're creating sustainable yeah. uh, futures for your yeah. generations to come, right? Yeah. I, I just came from a world where that wasn't really a thing. So I know my first time kind of experiencing that, I yeah. was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Why doesn't everybody do that, yep. right? Yep. So it's cool for me. Um, and you talk about kind of the younger generation taking over dad's business and uh, being a rent own guy, I get really excited about those conversations because generally the dad, you know, is a little bit older, maybe a little bit less gas in the tank and it's kind of fine being where he's at. Right. Yeah. And the kids are just ready to go, ready to rock and roll, <laughs> uh, go get more dealers, do more sales, build more buildings. And, you yeah. know, I think it's smart to slow that down a little bit, but, uh, it's really fun. So when we get the opportunity to work with somebody that's kind of going through that generational transition, that's probably the most exciting uh, conversations that I have. So changing subjects just a little bit. Sure. Back you, to donuts? Or? No. <laughs> <You've> yes. Been, <laughs> no, no. You've been in rent down for 11 years, yep. right? You have to have a crazy rent down story or like a repo story or something that you can share with everyone. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll try to make, I'll try to give you the shorter version of it. Um, but we had, uh, a manufacturer that wanted me to come up and do some repos with them just so I could experience it. And I totally agreed with that. I mean, I think it's good experience for me. If I'm going to ask you to go out and repo buildings, I should probably go through it with you at some point. Right. So I'm in jeans and penny loafers and my penny loafers have probably never seen dirt on them ever. (laughs) Uh, and I show up at, six or seven a.m. in the morning with the with the driver and he looks at me and he goes is that what you're wearing and I'm like well, yeah, yeah I mean what else would I wear this is what I wear every day and he kind of <laughs> laughed and I didn't think anything of it because I thought I would just be sitting in the truck kind of watching him do it I thought it was like a one-man job right yeah. all the drivers are probably making fun of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a very vulnerable story so bear with me here guys uh so I hop in the truck and this driver was really nice. He saved the four worst repos for that one day. Of course. Uh, so he knew what he was doing, right? So at our first stop, uh, it's at like a farm. The shed is back there where like the pigs roll around in mud. So I had to get my penny loafers, not only dirty, but I'm pretty sure one got stuck and like I left it there and it was just a disaster. <laughs> uh, but we went four for four that day. It was a long day. Nice. And the funniest part about that day was this was when our company was a lot smaller and I was still kind of dealing with customer calls. I had talked to this customer probably a hundred times and every time he had a different story, a different uncle that died, you know, whatever it was, uh, just really hard to kind of cooperate. And we get to the house and we get the shed and it's full of stuff. And the guy comes out, I'd never seen this guy. He comes out of the house and I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be it. Like I've talked to this guy on the phone. This is going to be an interesting repo. We're probably not going to get this shed. He comes running out claiming that our customer like sold the property. He took this shed. Uh, he didn't know what it was, but he's like, if you guys would just help me get everything out of the shed, I'll surrender the shed and you guys can take it. I'm like, that seems pretty nice. Like, we're two healthy guys. We'll help you get some stuff out of the shed. So we get everything out of the shed. We take it back home. And 
I do some research online about this customer because I'm like, it's weird that he sold the property to this person. And mm-hmm. the person that was helping me get everything out of the shed claiming that he sold the property was actually our customer. <laughs> so it was kind of an eye-opening moment, right? Like when you're on the phone, there's lots of excuses. Yep. Uh, maybe the customer's going to be a little more aggressive or whatever. But when you're out there in person and you try to handle it as professionally as you can, it's always a different story. So yep. um it was a fun day. That driver still gives me a hard time about wearing penny loafers. I have not <laughs> bought another pair since that day. Um, and if I go repoing, I take mud boots now. That's good. <laughs> I went, I, I, I very rarely do I, you know, get a chance to get out there. There, I have been on some repo pickups for yeah, some sure. interesting things. Uh, some of those that you don't strap down, you just get them on there and you go, and then you strap them down. <laughs> yeah. uh, no DOT on this, the, on this podcast, I, I hope. Um, <laughs> But I did one recently, and I and I I wasn't in penny loafer, so I learned my I learned my uh, lesson, I guess, early on. And he was on in flip flops. <laughs> yeah, <days. laughs> even worse than penny loafers. I put on. A, I had on a pair of cowboy boots. It was really fun. It's like we we went out to the customer was completely understandable. Um, we ended up getting the we we get the shed. Uh, we almost dumped the mule, um, yeah. and the customer's son actually comes over and helps us push it over. Yeah, I mean, it's like helping us out, and it's like, wow, I expected this. uh, I had opportunity. It felt like to go bad, but right. When you say push it over, you mean push it back right up, not like he came over and just shoved it down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) like a good way. Yeah, in a good way. He was helping. He was helping. (laughs) It's amazing, you know. You you hear about the the repos that are horror stories, and they went terrible. And I mean, really, that's probably the one percent. Unfortunately, the one percent just gets talked about. Um, You know, there's tons of repos that are voluntary, or they come out there and the customer's son helps, or whatever it may be. So there's a lot of repo stories that aren't bad, but the fun ones to talk about are the bad ones. (laughs) Of course. What do you feel like we're we're missing right now in the industry? What do you feel like is uh, if if whenever you're doing your, you don't have to give all your secrets here, but when you're masterminding and you're sitting at your desk and you're you're, you're, you're thinking, you're saying, what is, what does the industry look like over the next year? What are the things that people are, you said, uh, first question when you show up on a lot, how you doing? The next thing is, what are you seeing out there? You know, um, to piggyback off of that, where do you think it's going over the next year, two or three? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, we're at the point to where whoever's going to proactively elevate is going to elevate and whoever is not going to be proactive about that is probably going to dissolve. Um, and I think about it's easy for me to kind of reflect this to rent own because that's what I'm familiar with. Uh, when I was at the company that I worked for, nobody really had rent to own. So I would travel the country and I would sign them up. I thought I was a good sales rep. Really, I was just bringing them a product that they needed and didn't have. Um, so even that evolution of me going and seeing 30 people, signing up 28 of them to where now we fast forward seven years, everybody has rent to own. And chances are you probably are with a rent-owned company that you've been with a few years and you like them. So how do you get them to switch, right? Yeah. And I think the answer to that is stay the course, be fair, be flexible. And if you believe you're good and you're trying to be good, you'll eventually get those types of people. And I would, I would reflect that to the dealers, the manufacturers, everything. Like we might go through a year or two of some consolidation or people dissolving or people becoming a lot bigger. But if you genuinely believe you're the best and a good option, stay the course and yeah. time will tell. No, I think it's great advice uh, from my own maturity through the process of going out and knocking on doors and talking to uh, folks. I, I felt like it wasn't as much needed to knock on doors and, and try to get these folks as it was to educate them. Yeah. I, I, I felt like one of the biggest, like there would be times where even if it was like a, a, a competitor's mm-hmm. uh, business, you could tell where there was an area where they might be weak, where you could just kind of fill in the gap and be like, I know they would appreciate it if I said yeah. this here. And it's not you saying that you have all the answers. It's no. you saying, Hey, right. I saw it in this area or I saw this dealer do this. And, I agree with you. These manufacturers, you know, they get a few rent-owned people talking to them, a few suppliers talking to them. They don't want to hear your sales pitch. Yeah. You better go in there and bring them some value or just drive yeah. right past them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was really important for us to, and still is, you know, to, to try and add value. Um, they add value to me. Matter of fact, the ones that I imagine you've had one or two that really challenge you, those guys usually end up making you the best at your job. Yeah, for sure. Um, they'll They'll make you improve your systems, improve yeah. your processes. And, uh, at the, it might be challenging, but at the end of the day, it's for the better. That's rewarding when it's yeah. all said and done. 
So if, if people want to know more about Newfound Rentals, they can go to newfoundrentals.com. Yep. Right? Yep. They can call you. What's the phone number? I'll give you my personal cell phone number, 316-536-0472. And even if you don't want to know more about Newfound Rentals, stop by and see me at the show. I'd love to meet you. Even if we don't work together, I'd like to have some more relationships in the industry. And your email? Phil at newfoundrentals, that's with an S, dot com. Awesome. And this is Phil Car Solari. Close enough. All right. <laughs> Just like the woo. I'm, Nailed I'm, it. I'm sorry. We'll, 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 we apologize. We'll give you a donut. Do you guys mispronounce all we have all is a donut to offer. No, just, just okay. I'm the privileged one. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm just teasing. Oh, good question. Well, Phil, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it. We Phil. certainly look forward to talking to you at the show, man. Yeah, you know, we normally pray at the end of each show. Is it okay if we pray over the industry? Yeah, lead us. All right. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time. Uh, we pray over the industry. We pray over all the haulers, manufacturers, uh, salespeople, God, uh, just everyone, Lord. We pray, God, that you'd bless them, bless their families, put a hedge of protection around them today. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for this time. We pray, God, that you would just bless this industry, bless each and every person that's represented here today. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Phil. Yep. Thank you, guys. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. What would your dream rent-to-own program look like? Picture it now. Would it have cutting-edge technology with integrations throughout the shed industry? Or would it include traditional financing and multiple same-as-cash offerings? Perhaps your ideal rent-to-own program puts money back in your pocket. Perhaps it has a unique way to onboard and train your dealer network. Wherever your mind goes and whatever your dream consists of, Newfound Rentals can help you. Give us a call today at 316-536-0472 and let's discuss your dream. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need.